0: Welcome to the No Spin News, Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. Stand up for your country. Busy program today. We have Stephen A. Smith uh, on deck. Uh, Big week for the National Football League. There's a big lawsuit against it. We're going to talk about that, the Super Bowl halftime show, which is abysmal, and all of that. But the talking points memo this evening is African Americans being shot dead. You want racism? This is racism. First, the stats. In 2020, those are the latest statistics, 21 are not out yet from the FBI. 56% of all homicides in the USA were African-American, dead victims, okay? African-Americans make up 13% of the population, 56% of those murdered. New York City, the nation's largest, okay, 65% homicide victims were black. Chicago, third largest city, 81% black. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 79% black. Columbus, Ohio, 66% black. Louisville, Kentucky, 68% on and on and on and on. all right? Okay. So Black Lives Matter. Anything? No. All right, Al Sharpton? No. Nothing. Congressional Black Caucus? Nothing. It's just it is impossible to believe that the civil rights lobby refuses to address this issue. President Biden say one word about this since he's been inaugurated? No, not a word. Okay? We hear all the other grievances across the board. Never is this addressed. Okay. Overall, at least 16 U.S. cities witnessed record-high homicides last year, 2021. There are local stats available, not national stats yet. Okay? And the reason is the anti-police campaigns. Ever since George Floyd was killed and the riots ensued, it's been open season on cops. The police know it. They pulled back. The law enforcement isn't as aggressive as it used to be. The gangs, the drug gangs, which are the drivers of murder in this country, the black drug gangs and on the West Coast, the Hispanic drug gangs, they drive this awful murder. All right. How do they do it? So in the poor neighborhoods, the inner cities, the gangs rule, much like the cartels rule in Mexico. It's important for you to understand this because most of us don't live in those neighborhoods. So they are heavily armed, these drug gangs in America, and they recruit young teenagers who are unsupervised and they almost force them to get into the gangs. Many of them go willingly because they don't have fathers, they don't have supervision, they don't have anything. So they go into the gang for some kind of protection or camaraderie or whatever it may be. So the gangs have lots of members, many of them very young, all of them armed. So the gangs sell heroin, cocaine, methamphetamine, uh, fentanyl, whatever it may be, on the street, on the street. That's where they are. Now, it used to be the police would be very aggressive in arresting those gang members for selling narcotics. And when they were arrested, many times they had guns on them. No longer. The progressive district attorneys will not prosecute people selling hard drugs on the street any longer. So what do you think is going to happen? Open air. Now, if you live in those neighborhoods and you object to any of this, your life is in danger. And so is the lives of your family. So you don't see community people coming out. If word gets out, you're cooperating with the cops. You're a dead man or woman or child. The clerics, the ministers and priests should be out there, but they're afraid, too. So it's basically a third world situation, as I said, just like the Mexican cartels, where people in these neighborhoods, in the south side of Chicago, in Bushwick, New York, in the Bronx, New York, on and on, are terrified they're going to be killed. And they know the police can't protect them. And the police know, even if they get these guys, probably nothing will happen to them. And they'll be right back out doing what they do. Is this not racism? All right, that's racism. That's singling out a certain group, African-Americans, and ignoring their plight. So we've gone over the names, Pritzker, the governor of Illinois, Hochul, the governor of New York, Newsom, the governor of California. They couldn't care less. Because these people are largely invisible, they're poor, they have no power, okay? But say the N-word on a podcast and you're canceled. Shouldn't we be canceling the governors who allow this mass murder to take place year after year after year? And what about the mayors, de Blasio, Lightfoot, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Yet Americans and mass turn away because they don't see it themselves. They don't see the six-year-old girl shot in the playground or the 80-year-old woman mugged on the way to the grocery store by a drug addict who needs money to buy the narcotics from the drug gang. This is America's biggest disgrace because this could be handled but in order to handle it you have to punish the drug gangs harshly and you have to restore order in Chicago by putting the National Guard on the streets never gonna do it so you're gonna have thousands and thousands and thousands of African-Americans murdered every year. Never gonna stop. Community basketball programs ain't gonna do it. Social workers, not gonna stop it. Police could, if given the powers that they need. But it all comes back to the district attorneys prosecuting. I'll just just remind you of one thing before I get to uh, President Biden. In Chicago, I think three months ago, four months ago, there was a drug gang shootout. It was like a movie. So there were people inside a house and people outside the house shooting at each other in a neighborhood, all right? Hundreds of rounds fired back and forth. The prosecutor in Chicago, Kim Fox, an incompetent loon, Wouldn't prosecute anybody. They knew who the gang members were shooting. Wouldn't bring charges. You know what she said? It was a fair fight. (laughs) So what if you lived in that neighborhood and you had a five-year-old in the front yard? Again, this is the most vivid example of racism in this country. There is. I, it I'm sorry. And you clerics, you ministers and priests, not a lot of rabbis in those neighborhoods. But uh, I mean, you not saying anything, you know, standing down, not organizing your churches to speak out against this. What kind of people are you? You've got a lead. Did you know fast growing trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? So please go to FastGrowingTrees.com. Use promo code Bill at checkout. All right, that's the memo. Biden's got nothing on schedule again today. He's talking about electric utilities at at 2.30. I, I, you know, it's like ridiculous. It's absurd. He doesn't do anything all day. Now, tomorrow he does go to Virginia to do something. And I'm going to get to that in a moment because he's going to give an interview in Virginia to Lester Holt who, you know, I, lo- I like Lester, I respect them, but okay. But here's a, here's a story you're not gonna hear anymore else that you need to hear. So you know I've been telling you that the primary advisor to Joe Biden is his wife, Jill Biden, Dr. Jill, okay? So far she's kind of stayed out of policy, but nobody gets to Biden, and I mean nobody, unless Jill Biden okays it. He is 100% dependent on his wife. So, yesterday, she shows up at the Community College National Legislative Summit in D.C., Jill Biden, and she says this. Go.
1: But Joe has also had to make compromises. Congress hasn't passed the Build Back Better legislation yet. And Free Community College is no longer part of that package. We knew that this wasn't going to be easy. Joe always said that. Still, like you, I was disappointed.
0: All right, first time that I've seen her go on policy. All right. Now the reason that the Build Back Better plan failed and is never coming back is because it would have led to higher inflation for everybody in the country, you cannot spend at the rate Joe Biden wants to spend government money and think that the dollar is not going to be impacted. It will be. So smart people who care about the whole country understand you can't pay for everybody's community college. You can't. You can't pay for everybody's uh, childcare. There's not enough money in the country to do that. Now, subsidize people who are in bad straits, sure, I'm for that. But Jill Biden, you're gonna see over the next year or so, she's gonna emerge more and more as a policy person. So I was always convinced that she was, but now I'm gonna get data to prove it. All right, as I said, Lester Holt, the NBC News anchor, will interview uh, Joe Biden in Virginia tomorrow. Um, He. Uh, this is a taped interview. They're going to use it at pre-Super Bowl. Now, your humble correspondent, you may remember, did three Super Bowl interviews. Two of them live. And yeah, you try that live. All right. The first one, February 6, thousand eleven, and it was President Obama. Roll it. The Wall Street <laughs> Journal. Uh, you know, painting is a pretty left-wing guy. You're, yeah. you're going to well, draw I mean, it line.
2: The Wall Street Journal will probably paint you as a left-wing guy. No, no. If you're talking about the Wall Street Journal editorial Editor- page... That's, that's what this is. You know, the uh, you know, that's like uh, quoting the, the New York Times editorial. Do you deny their assessment? Do you deny oh, that you're a man who wants to redistribute wealth? Absolutely. You deny that? Absolutely. I, Bill, I didn't raise taxes once. I lowered taxes over the last two years. But I lowered, tax, I lowered taxes for the last two years. But the, and, in, the entitlements and, and what I, that you champion do, do redistribute wealth in the sense that they provide insurance coverage for 40 million people that have it. What is absolutely true is, I think, in this country, there's no reason why, if you get sick, you should go bankrupt. Now, that the notion that that's a radical principle, I don't think the majority of people uh, would agree with you on it. Then why do the majority of people in the polls not support Obamacare? Actually, I think it's pretty evenly... It's close. It's, 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 it's majority e- it's It's evenly divided, Bill.
0: Okay, then right after that interview, and it was live again, not easy to do, uh, President Obama took me up to the Lincoln bedroom because he had read Killing Lincoln and showed me a handwritten copy of the Gettysburg Address by Abraham Lincoln. Stunning. Okay, so then three years later, I'm back at the White House for another pre interview. for the Super Bowl, this time, Lois Lerner, remember her? And the IRS in Cincinnati was accused of targeting Tea Party groups for punishment by the IRS.
2: Roll the tape. But don't, but, but when don't folks are unanswered questions? Bill, when you actually look at the stuff, there have been multiple hearings on it. What happened here was is that you've got, no a, you've got a 501c4 law. That people think is confusing, no, that the folks did not know how to implement, okay. because it basically says. So you're saying, if you no, no corruption there at all? No, that's not what I'm Flat. saying. That's actually no, no. But I th- want to th- know what you're saying. You're the leader absolutely. of the country. Absolutely, you're saying no corruption, no. none. No, there were some. There were some boneheaded decisions Bonehead decision. out of out of a but local no office. mass corruption. Not even mass corruption. Not even a smidgen of corruption.
0: Smidgen. Okay. So that was number two. Third interview with, with Donald Trump um, right after he uh, was sworn in as
1: president in 2017. Go. If we can get along with Russia and if Russia helps us in the fight against ISIS, which is a major fight, and islamic terrorism all over the world, right? major fight, that's a good thing. Will I get along with him? I have no idea. Very He's very a killer, I killer I though. Won't. Putin's a killer. A lot of killers. we got a lot of killers. Why well, you think our country's so innocent? You think our country's so innocent?
0: I don't know of any government leaders that are killers in
1: the well, America. Well, take a look at what we've done, too. We've made a lot of mistakes. I've been against the war in Iraq from the beginning. Yeah,
0: mistakes are different then. A
1: lot of mistakes, okay, but a lot of people were killed. So, a lot of right. killers
0: around, believe me. You mentioned ISIS. And I'm not,
1: I'm not apologizing for Putin. I don't know Putin. I'm not apologizing for anything. Are you guys going to meet, I'm by the saying, way? Do you have a meeting? I, I guess at some point we'll meet. But I'm just saying this. Getting along with countries, not just Russia, is, is a good thing, yeah. not a bad Got thing. Got it. Okay, so I think I
0: did a pretty darn good job with those interviews, and I wasn't a cupcake. And I think it'll be interesting to see what Lester Holt does on uh, his interview, which will be tomorrow, taped... And then you'll see it uh, before the Super Bowl. All right. Not a good week for the National Football League. Um, Number one, you read my column, I hope. Uh, Does the NFL hate cops lamenting the unbelievable Super Bowl halftime show? I don't want to go over this again. I've already gone over it. But you should read the column. It's a real eye-opener. And Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner, is directly responsible for that. In addition, uh, a man named Brian Flores, who was fired as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins um, a few weeks ago, is suing the National Football League. He's suing the Miami Dolphins, the New York Giants, and the Denver Broncos, saying that his rights um, have been violated because he's an African-American. He also alleges that the owner of the Miami Dolphins, Stephen Ross, a billionaire, offered him $100,000 to lose games. Each loss... He says Ross is going to pay him 100K because Ross wanted the Dolphins to tank in order to get a better draft choice. Now, I don't think Flores is going to win his lawsuit against the NFL or the teams because it's too subjective, all right? But if he can prove, if he's got some proof that Ross was going to pay him to tank games, the whole National Football League blows up. Okay. Now, the crux of the matter is that um, there are only two NFL blackhead coaches right now. Lovey Smith was just hired, okay, and um, he's going to work in Houston. And then Mike Tomlin, a brilliant coach, has been with the Pittsburgh Steelers for 15 years. But that's it. That's all there are. And 71% of the players are African-American in the NFL. So we did a search. There have been 24 black coaches uh, in the history of the league. Eight of them, eight out of the 24, a third, had winning records. The other 16 had losing records. So that's important to uh, understand because it's my theory, and I could be wrong, that most of these owners, I don't know them, but most of them would hire a purple barney the dinosaur if they could win they want to win and make money but again i could be wrong guy has been following this stephen a smith joins us from new york city he's an espn analyst big star stephen is a huge star and if you don't believe that just ask stephen and he will go through his star credentials for you but he's been on this um it's a very controversial thing So Mm -hmm. the way I set it up, did I set it up in a fair way?
3: Well, I think that the the part that you didn't set up is that no matter how much of a big star that I think I am, I am nothing compared to the great Bill O'Reilly. So let's make sure that we're honest about that, first (laughs) of all. Secondly, it's good to see you, my man. It's good to see you. Uh, Secondly, I think that was an accurate uh, uh, setup uh, from the standpoint that Clearly, black coaches believe that there's an uneven playing field. And I think that when you look at it from that perspective, when you put up the 12 to 24 coaches, eight had winning records. People think about the Jim Caldwells of the world. Now you think of when he was coaching at Detroit years ago and you replaced him with defensive coordinator Matt Patricia, who subsequently lost continuously, um, and he was held to a different standard. You look at a guy like Brian Flores, understanding what a challenge it is for blacks to become a head coach if the assertions made by Brian Flores is true, that immediately upon arrival, Stephen Ross, the owner for the Dolphins, wanted him to lose games and offered to pay him $100,000 per loss. That's a game changer. I'm pardoned. pardoned. He has, He's got to prove He has to, to be eliminated that. as an owner in the National Football League. He has but, to be gone. I'll tell
0: you what, Steven. If sure. Flores can't prove it, if that's he right. doesn't have evidence, then we, Ross is going to destroy Flores in court. Because that, well, let me say that, this. if that happens, when right. the whole league blows up, everything well, me, changes.
3: Well, let me give you my no-spin perspective. All right. If If Brian Flores can't prove it, you're absolutely right. He's in a world of trouble. But more importantly, if he's not telling the truth, he should be blown up. He should be excoriated because there's no excuse to accuse somebody of such a heinous act as owner of a professional football team and allow that to be gotten to be gotten away with. But ultimately, it comes down to something that I know you're well informed about, which is the Rooney rule. It was inserted and in implemented in 2003. It was a rule uh, implemented by the National Football League at the behest of, of of the late Dan Rooney for the Pittsburgh Steelers and what have you and others, encouraging teams to interview a Black candidate, at least interview them. And ultimately, it was amended and modified years later to include two candidates and things of that nature because they saw that it wasn't being enforced and it wasn't being operated and executed within good faith. These teams had their preferred candidates. They were offering jobs and hiring folks without telling the Black candidate that they were about to right, was, and that's they, they were the Right,
0: they were using Blacks to uh, conform to the rule, but they didn't have any intention. And that could be true. I mean, absolutely could be true. Now, you know these people better than I know them. Mm. Do you think, and you don't have to mention any names, do you think there are racist owners in the NFL now, people who would say, I'm not hiring an African-American coach
3: because I don't like black people. Do they exist? The total fair answer to that is this. I think there are some, not most, not all, and I think it's a microcosm of our society. There are racists out there, and there are people who are not racist at all, they just have their preferred. But do, you know anybody, have do you know
0: anybody? I do you know anybody based not. upon your conversation? Okay, I do not. I've so never experienced that when talking to the NFL owners I've spoken to. That to is be true. fair, then. If you yes. don't know any, and I don't know any, it's not fair to us to say that there is racism in the ownership of the league because we can't prove it. That's all I'm trying to say. There
3: may be. Okay, but what is fair, and you and I have talked about this in a roundabout way in years past, there is something called racial sensitivity and maybe people are going too far by designating individuals as racist and stuff like that. And I understand that if we want to play with words, but considering the plight of the African-American coach as it pertains to becoming head coaches and elevating and getting their stature Validated by receiving the same opportunities that their white contemporaries have received. We know that this is an issue, the NFL has proven it's an issue, the owner signed off. Because they recognized it was an issue and they summarily went about the business of circumventing their very own rules that they put in place. In 2003, there were three black head coaches when the Rooney rule was implemented. 19 years later, in the year 2022, even after we've had a black president for crying out loud, there's one African American head coach before uh, Lovey Smith got the job with the Houston Texans. And when J- Lovey got the job the other day, Bill, do you know? Who was the guy that was in the league to get that job before Brian Flores uh was uh filed his class action lawsuit? It was a guy by the name of Josh McCown. He was a really good backup player in the National Football League yeah, years I know. and I mean, started coaching the Jets. Right. He was right. He, he was he, he, was, a high Smith, coach. he was a Smith high school coach. Smith
0: got the job because of this action. There's no question in my mind. Yes, but remember I, re- I agree with Jen. Lovey Smith has been in the league for a while and his head coach and record. Out. Is eighty nine you know. and eighty seven, so he yeah, hasn't he left been.
3: Left the coach to Illinois and came right. back. And, right. and the bottom line, he is, hasn't I been. I had a question about him getting that job.
0: It hasn't been overwhelmingly successful. Okay, let's move on. I want to mediate sure. the beef between you and Tiki Barber. Um, oh. I want I, I want to get you guys together because I know Barber and I know you, and I, you're both good men, in my opinion. Uh, you I so could much. be wrong on that, Steve, but in <laughs> my opinion, you're both good, men. So Barber, who played for the Giants, is upset <laughs> right. that the Giants may be getting tarred with this racist level. Right. And he said, no, 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 they're not racist. And then you and he on the radio uh, and on TV went back and forth. And now you're mad at each other. And I don't think you should no. be mad at each other.
3: We're not. First of all, we spoke yesterday. Uh, Go ahead. He texted me, reached out to me. Um, And my only issue with him was when you say something like that, if you're going to accuse me of saying something, you know, I'm in this business. Call me. You've got my number. His partner, uh, Brandon Tierney, is a dear friend of mine who I've known for years. It's not hard to find me. So that was my issue with Tiki Barber because he was taking the position. All right. Your friends now again, then we're we're totally fine. He texts me. I text him back. It's all good.
0: It's you okay. got any thoughts on these uh, Dr. Dre, Eminem and uh, Snoop Dogg at the, at the halftime that, that show? Is,
3: that, is, that is too long of a conversation for me to get in with the great Bill O'Reilly. What I all will right. tell you is that I'm not I'm not abhorred by it the way that you are. Number one. Did you read number my two,
0: column and I printed the
3: lyrics but, about killing you know, the cops? I understand. it And I don't support that. And I don't endorse that you at all. I never have. That. I never will. And uh, right. by the way. I'm also a guy that I don't believe in defunding the police. I've never been about that. No. But I know what that. I would tell you, you bring up the artists. I would tell you, come talk when we have a conversation about the record companies, we tell them, do these kind of things from decades ago, and this is how you're gonna make money, then come talk to me about that. That's a longer conversation than we can get into right now. All right.
0: Well, I'm offended by the Super Bowl halftime show. Finally, I'm not. This is a this is a interesting game. Um mm-hmm. and it's gonna, you know, get huge. Amount of eyeballs. Not going to be as yeah. well watched as last year with Brady. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, I'm worried about this legalized betting that a lot of people, younger people in particular, are going to get in trouble because this mm-hmm. game's impossible to pick. It's a four-and-a-half spread, uh, L.A.'s favorite over Cincinnati. Yeah. But if Burrow has a good game and and, mm-hmm. and the Stafford, the quarterback for the Rams, throws three interceptions, you know, Cincinnati are going to win. I mean, no, so sure. anything could happen and nobody has control over it. And I keep telling my audience, look, bet 20, 50 bucks, fine. But if you're betting thousands, don't do
3: that. What do you think? It's all relative. It's all relative. It depends on how much money you got. Like if you're talking, if you're talking to Stephen A. Smith and you're saying to him, you know, bet 50 or $100 and don't go any further, that's fine. If you tell him Bill O'Reilly that. Well, why would you bother? Bill O'Reilly can afford more than that. Okay. So it's no big deal. It's all, it's all relative. It's all I
2: know
0: relative. how
3: much you're making at ESPN,
0: so don't, don't give me it's this. All uh, yeah. All right. Who do you think is going to win the right. game? Who do you think is uh, going
3: to win? I, I haven't decided yet. It's a true pick'em for me, Bill, yeah. because on one hand, the Rams are loaded. But you're playing on your home turf in L.A. There's a lot of pressure that comes with that. And in the case of the Cincinnati Bengals, you've got this kid, Joe Burrow, who, who's in his first full season. It's two years. But last year, he got hurt. This is his first full season. He's already in the Super Bowl. Jamar Chase is something special as his wide receiver. The de- Bengals' defense has played well. It's a pick right now. It really, yeah. truly is a pick em. It really is.
0: Finally, you got any sympathy for Antonio Brown, the guy who took off his clothes and ran out of the stadium no. for Tampa?
3: No. Okay. No. Because no, I don't no, either. No, no. Right? I'll say this. I'll say this. He got a nasty hit. Vontez Burfict put a hit on him in 2016. And people have speculated He's never been the same since. And he's a guy that down the road, you'll find out he suffered from CTE. If that's the case, I stand down. But based on his behavior, this is a guy that couldn't keep his mouth shut. Uh, This is a guy that secretly taped conversations. This is a guy that has betrayed coaches, teammates, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't condone nor excuse that kind of behavior and lack of professionalism. He is an all-world talent. He is big time. But he is somebody that has proven he is simply not worth the headache.
0: Yeah, he, he needs some causes. help. There's no doubt about it. He does need some help.
3: All right, Stephen. Look, you know you're one of our best guests ever.
0: You're in the uh, No Spin Hall of Fame, um, <laughs> and uh, you're welcome anytime. And I appreciate we really appreciate. It, buddy. We really appreciate your time today. Very nice of you. I know you're very
3: busy. Thank, thank, thank you. Man, okay. man, my, my pleasure. All the best to you, Bill. Okay. Thirty-one
0: million Americans are supposed to bet on the Super Bowl game, as we just mentioned. That's up 35% from last year because of all this legalized gambling. Again, be very, very careful, uh, particularly if you are not wealthy like Stephen and me. Okay, Johnson & Johnson is suspending its COVID vaccine. For those of you who took that shot, you might ask your physician um, about protection. I don't know, but but it's my duty to report to you that J&J is out of the COVID vaccine business. In L.A., the word is that 4,000 county employees, many of whom working for the sheriff, are going to be let go because they won't get vaxxed. But now the sheriff, Alex Villanueva, says he's not going to enforce the vax mandate. So it's chaos out there. We told you yesterday that we do believe that COVID is on the wane, that it will be um, going out, and that we'll be returning to normal in a few weeks. Could come back. But we think that this Omicron variant has played itself out. Okay, very interesting um, Pew Research Center poll. 5,000 adults asked the question whether Donald Trump is responsible for January 6th. Okay, a lot, 43%. Okay, now. Last year, the same question, a lot, 52%. So it's gone down nine points about Trump's culpability for January 6th. In Massachusetts, there are people fighting back against the woke schools, and boy, that state needs it. There is a group called Parents Defending Education in Wellesley, Massachusetts, a suburb of Boston, very high-toned. Suburb. Okay, this group, and this should be happening all over the country, sued the Wellesley School District because those woke people were holding hearings about race based affinity without whites in it. Whites were banned. And then this group sued. And the court said, you can't ban whites from this discussion. It's Just the first step. I'm telling you to to wipe out this woke stuff. Every American's got to get involved at the local level. But way to go. Parents defending education in Wellesley, Massachusetts. Lie of the day. Okay. So we do this not every day because some of the times there aren't that many lies. But this really isn't a lie. This is somebody who doesn't know what he's talking about. So it's President Biden, and here's what he said on February 3rd Go. There's no amendment that's absolute. When the amendment was passed, it didn't say anybody can own a gun and any kind of gun and any kind of weapon. You couldn't buy a cannon. False. You could buy a cannon up until 1898, you could buy a cannon in America. Okay. It's, I didn't know that, but it's true. And then even after, under the 1934 National Firearms Act, you could buy a cannon, but you had to go through all kinds of bureaucratic, you know, why do you need a cannon, where the cannon's going to be, all that. Now, Biden didn't know any of this. He just, but, you know, there you go. All right, the Oscars. Do you care? I don't care. I don't know any of this. Best Picture, Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, West Side Story. I haven't seen any of them. I'm like Bill Murray. Roll the tape.
1: Well,
2: let's get right to it. Uh, For Best Actor, Bobby Benini. Well, I don't think so. The Italians don't rule Hollywood anymore. They never did, but they did have that one great week when the guy got the horse head in the bed.
1: Uh, Then we
2: got uh, Ian McKellen. He's a British guy playing a gay guy, which is, you know, just too much of a stretch. Uh, <laughs> you know, a British actor playing gay. I don't buy it. I don't think the Academy's going to buy it. Uh, Ed Norton carved a swastika in his chest for his nomination. Academy's got to respect that, but I don't think they are giving him the award. I think they just want to hang with him and party with him. They think he's a neat guy. Uh, Tom Hanks, this would be three Oscars for Tom. He would be just unbearable, wouldn't he? <laughs> so, the Oscars are
0: uh, March 27th, Sunday, in LA. No host, nobody wants a host because nobody cares anymore. It's destroyed. Hollywood pretty much destroyed. Anyway, if you've seen any of those movies and you like them, tell me so maybe I'll watch them on your recommendation. This day in history, February 9th, 1964, 58
2: years ago, The Beatles on Ed Sullivan Go we so-
0: All right, Beatlemania, 58 years ago it started. They were on Sullivan three consecutive Sundays. They, uh, in the 10 years that they were operating, sold 258 million records. That is uh, the most ever by anybody. Elvis is second, 207 million worldwide. Michael Jackson, third, 170 million. Madonna, fourth, 164. Elton John, fifth, 159. So I remember that Beatles thing. That was something. OK, we got a good mail segment, a final thought. I'm going to make a personal appearance. I'll tell you all about it after these messages. Everything is expensive these days. You know that the government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as a world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen.
2: That's chumbacasino.com.
3: No purchase necessary. BDW. Group void are prohibited by law. See
2: terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: Let us go to the mail. Michelle, on a message board, Bill, you're right when you say Jonah Goldberg and Chris Wallace identify as conservatives, but both are strong, never Trumpers. That alone is the reason CNN hired them. Stephen. Agree, I am tired of a small group of people deciding what's appropriate and what is not. Joe Rogan did nothing wrong in those interviews. He did ask follow-up questions. Doug, concierge member, we hope you check that out on BillOReilly.com. Please explain how the plaintiffs will lose their suit to stop flights of illegal aliens to their states. It is illegal. What is the argument? It is not the law they're arguing over or suing over. It's the power to implement the law, that's the lawsuit. Everybody knows the Biden administration is not enforcing immigration law, and that might get them in trouble. Okay, Crispin, another concierge member, thank you Crispin. A great message of the day, Bill. Both movies are outstanding. City Portier, Spencer Tracy, Katherine Hepburn, phenomenal actors. And I wrote that message yesterday, I hope you read it. Guess who's coming to dinner? And in the heat of the night, were fabulous race-themed movies. Jim Morero, Savannah, Tennessee, Bill, your message of the day, and you mentioned that America is a secular country, but if there's a higher percentage of Americans who believe, then how could we be secular? Because the government has banished any, any spirituality component. does not exist. That's why we're secular. Elizabeth Antonelli, Oceanport, New Jersey. On the evening of January uh, 24th, O'Reilly, you made a statement about the stock market. Said you had something that if your stock's at a certain point going down, you could walk away with your money. It's called a STOP, S-T-O-P. You tell your broker you want to sell whatever stock at this price, and your broker puts that into the computer. If the stock comes down to that price, it automatically sells. And if you have a nice profit, then you don't lose any more money. Okay? Robert bredis Palm Desert, California, who are the loons at the University of Washington, other public universities think they have the authority to censor certain words. They do have the authority. Once you go onto a college campus, there are no rights. Those people make them. Those people at the college make them. It's like jail. Um, Mary, I want to tell you how professional you look, Bill, in your selection of outfits. Does Holly help? If Holly helped, I would have dog hair all over me. Corgi shed at an alarming rate. (laughs) So Holly sees me and goes, but doesn't get near the clothes. Okay. Okay. These are exploding. We have a good stock of them, but they're going to sell out again. All right, stand up for your country mugs, the greatest mugs in the world, made in America. You might want to get yours, and you can give them away as gifts. Fabulous gifts. And then if you buy from us, you get a, uh, what? no, you just get the mug. If you buy Killing the Killers, pre order it May 3rd, coming out, you get Regret Your 2020 Vote, Yet Sicker Free. You're a great deal. You'll love this book. As we get closer, I'll tell you more about it. Word of the day, do not be a moon calf, M-O-O-N-C-A-L-F. Back with the final thought, a personal appearance by me, your humble correspondent.
3: It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say.
2: Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, or by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Okay, time now for the final thought. So, uh, we are going to go to Chicago. I've been there in a long time, and I'm going to target certain places in the country that I haven't been for personal appearances. So, our radio affiliate there is the powerhouse WLS Radio. Okay, they carry the O'Reilly update in the morning and afternoon, and we're going to do the show in conjunction with them at the Genesee Theater in Waukegan, Illinois, all right, on March 31st. 7 p.m., it's gonna be a great time. So, Ticketmaster has the tickets, or you can go to the Genesee Theater in Waukegan and get your tickets. If you go now, because it's the first announcement, you'll get the really good seats right up top. So, we're gonna do a lot of stuff there. It's gonna be fun. These shows always sold out, and I think this one will too. We're very pleased to be going to Chicago. And if you live anywhere near Chicago Land, and that's a vast area, come on in. I think you'll be very happy and we'll be happy to see you. Now, I will not be here tomorrow I'm going to Florida in about two hours. Uh, I got business to attend to down there. And, you know, it's not bad to go to Florida in February. Not a bad place to be. So I'm going down and I'm going to see a bunch of people. So I won't be here tomorrow, but I will be back on Monday. Um, but you know, sometimes I, I just have to do stuff, but you know, I look forward to these shows and I hope you do too. Thank you for watching. We'll see you on Monday.